Welcome to the Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope and pray you'll encounter God as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you for this son of ours and son of the house, and we just bless you that he is yours. Would he be so baptized in your presence in the next 20-something minutes that he would know you so clearly, that you would speak through him, and everything that's of you comes out with power. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. First of all, I just want to honour Stu and Chloe and just say thank you for this opportunity. Um, When you come from a background where not many people can trust what's going to come out of your mouth and you find those people that will, those people that will lift you up. You know, the Bible talks about the fivefold ministry and these pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists, they're here to build up the church. And so when you find those people that will build you up to a place that I can stand and share the word with you, we just want to honor them. So could you just give them honor? I still think they're crazy for giving me a microphone, but it's okay. And just so you know, I do get a little bit excited at times and I may start to shout. If there's anybody in the worship team around you, they know what I'm like, so you just look at them, they'll give you a thumbs up, you'll be okay, all right? We good? (laughs) So today I'm gonna talk about the divine nature of God's name. It says when we declare it, it reveals his divine nature. But the problem for me is that a lot of the times we reveal the divine nature of close God or Stu's God or Michael's God or Nikki's God. Somebody else's God is being revealed. And this is why we say the name of Jesus and we say, oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. But we don't really believe that there's power in the name of Jesus. His name is the name above every other name, and we know that it says that in the Bible, but do we believe it? Have we really encountered that God? And so we come to Exodus 3.14, and long story short, Moses is having an interaction with God. You know, there's a burning bush in the corner, shoes are removed, holy ground, you know what I mean? And uh, God is redeeming Moses, restoring Moses. He's revealing himself as the miracle worker. He's revealing himself as the deliverer. How do we know this? Because if you look at Moses' history, you can see that when he was in Egypt, he kills an Egyptian. He goes to try and break up some stuff in his own strength. And these these Israelites turn around to him and they're like, who are you? Should we, should we kill, why can't we kill each other the way that you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And so he moves out and goes into the wilderness for 40 years. This guy who's now looking off the sheep, which is apparently one of the lowest positions that you can have as, as, a, as a Jew. Uh, well, they won't use them, but you know what I mean. And he walks up and finds this burning bush. Now, first and foremost, every single one of us in this room, if you are saved, has had a burning bush experience. It may not have looked like a talking bush, but you have met the fire of God and God has spoken to you and given you his spirit. Okay, so the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, if you are saved, he lives inside of you. This is the God that we serve. Well, this is the God that I serve. And this is what my Bible tells me. And I'm going to go on a a rant about the Bible soon. But let's just get back to the story. He's having this interaction. And all of Moses' insecurities are coming to the surface. When you meet God, you'll see your insecurities. When you meet God, you'll see your, your failures. When you meet God, you'll see all of your shortcomings. And this is the thing. God doesn't meet you to shame you. God meets you to raise you up. Now, 
as, I'm, as Moses is before God. God, I can't speak properly. Oh, but I can't do this. God, but I can't do that. How many of us are in that place right now? Many of the times God is calling us and he's saying, God, do, go, go and do this thing for me. No, no, I can't do that. Go and speak to that person over there. No, God, but they're going to laugh at me. Oh, can you do this? No, but I can't really do this for you, God. And God says, it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. The problem is, how many of these words do we hear, cliche, time and time again? His divine nature is revealed when we declare his name, but we can only declare his name when we know him. You have to go into the chambers with God and understand that in this interaction that Moses is having with God, Moses presents all of his fears before God. And God has an answer for absolutely everything. There is not one circumstance, one situation, one sickness, one, one scenario. There's nothing that your finances can't do. God can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or even imagine. And if you reveal that, if you speak that out, from the depths of your heart, when faith arises inside of you, when that mustard seed faith comes in, when you say that and you believe it, things start to shift. Things begin to change. The problem is this. Many of us will hear the word, and it says in the Bible, it says the people of Thessalonians received the word with, the people of Berea, sorry, received the word with joy, and then went back and searched the scriptures. I'm going to get to the scripture eventually, but I'm just trying to set the scene here. Set the scene here. When you go and meet God and he tells you something directly, it's a different ball game. Stu can speak loving to me. He's looked into my eyes and I've been in a ball on the floor weeping many, many times because I've seen the love of God in him. But can you imagine the love of God directly from God? Can you imagine just walking and God directly comes and says, I love you. That's it. It's all over. We don't have to have another conversation because the conviction from what he said comes and that doesn't leave. Stu last week was talking about the journey from your head to your heart. You know many stuff. We all know many stuff. But you see when it reaches the heart, no one can take that. No one can deny. No one can tell me that God is not real because the conviction in my heart says my God has redeemed me. My God has restored me. I'm standing here today alive because my God has come and saved me. It's a conviction. It's not just saying words. This morning we were not just singing songs. This is truth. He is the way, the truth, the life. So when we're singing to God, you know the Bible says, if you love me, you'll obey me. But half of us, when I, uh, sometimes it's a struggle when we repeat, Jesus, I love you over and over and over and over and over and over again. But you see, when you're in love, it just flows. You can't stop telling Jesus, I love you, because he's the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only thing we've got to live for. And when all is said and done, we're going to spend eternity looking at him. So the reality is we might as well get used to it now. When you love somebody, it's real easy to obey because you obey out of love. Not because you want to prove that you love him, but because I know I love my Jesus. When he says go, you just go. I love you. Okay, cool. Let's go. You know? And so here we are. Moses says to God, when I go to the people of Israel, what sh who should I tell them? And God says to Moses, I am who I am. That's the scripture. The reality is this, there is an I am that every single one of us has a testimony of knowing. 
some of you in this place have been healed from, from deadly illnesses, whatever it may be. Some of us have been delivered. Some of us have had near-death experiences. Maybe, you know, you stepped into the road and nearly got hit by a car and someone pulled you out of the way. But the reality is we all have revelation of God from some form or some shape or some way. But no one has the full, complete revelation of God. He's far too big. He is the great I am. But this is the problem. Some of us wait till we need, this, need another side of God before we go and to the secret place to find him. I, 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 I love him. And, and to be honest with you, I've been healed from like, you know, a little finger pain or something like this. But I don't really know God as healer. But you know what? I, clutch, I clenched onto close testimony of healing so hard because our whole body was healed in one prayer. I listen to Nikki and the way that she sings because this woman is obsessed with intimacy. If she knows anything about God, she knows him as the bridegroom. Do you know Jesus is coming back to marry us? He's coming back to marry us, even in the position and the state and the way that we are right here, right now. He's healing, redeeming, restoring, and then he's going to marry you. He's in love with you. He adores you. That's the God that we serve. Now, I'm looking at some of the faces and they're like, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe this guy over here. No, every single one of us, he's come for a spotless, blemished bride. Unblemished bride. This is the God that we serve. He's done it all. He's already done it. And so when he says to Moses, go, Moses is coming with excuses. When God says to us, go, we come with excuses. Sometimes we need the testimony of another. I can give you a testimony right here, right now. Even some people in this room knew me before I was a Christian. I lived in Pinna for 13 years. When I left, the crime rate probably went down by half. I'm not glorifying the old me, but I'm saying if you knew who I was, you would know that my God is a God of redemption. He is my redeemer. I'm telling you today, I have done some stuff in my past when you would think to yourself, how on earth would God give this guy a microphone? But I can tell you now, he's my redeemer. I am so passionate about God. You see, people will tell you, when I speak, I don't have a lot of grace for the journey. I, 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 I've got more now, you know, I've been taught a little bit, you know, just to not speak my mind so abruptly. And so, but this is the problem. Many people come to me and they're like, but Dwayne, you don't know my struggle. I don't need to know your struggle. I need to know my God and you need to know my God. So somehow you need to come out of your struggle and into knowing the God that I know. The only way that it happens is with conviction. The conviction has to come and that has to come from somebody who's been convicted. So the only way that I can point you back to God is if I can get you to read this book and allow God to speak, allow God to show you exactly who he is. This should, uh, my prayer really is this, that you would be so hungry when you leave this room that you don't want to leave his chambers because you're so engraced and so indulged and so involved with what God is saying to you. Because every single one of us has the opportunity to hear God for ourselves. This is the beauty of it. Can you imagine that Moses, the one that led the Israelites, saw the Red Sea part and all of this stuff. He was dreaming of a day to have what we have. The spirit of God living inside of us. God is living inside of us. God. Okay, sorry. I'm shouting. Aha, and now, see, that was my, uh, my punishment for shouting at you guys. I'm really sorry. 
It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. Guys, I'm going to be real with you. I really love this book. This book is my life. This is the be all, the end all. Many people will be like, you know what? Dwayne, you're a bit over the top with this book. I said, no, 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 this book is life. This book is truth. This is Jesus in print. There is not one answer that you can't find in this book. Do you know what? You're going to go out looking for kingdom principles. God has a principle for every circumstance, every situation. And the thing that I love about this book is people are like, it's rules and regulations. I'm like, no, it's protection and guidance. This book will protect you from doing some of the dumbest stuff you will do in your life. Do you want to know why? Because God already knew we was going to do it. So he gave us a book to tell us how to live our lives in fullness. And sometimes we struggle to read it. And I can be open and honest with you. Sometimes I've read this and it's dry. Have you read Numbers? This person begot this person. This person begot this person. This person begot... I'm like, when are we going to stop begotting? Because begotting, 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 begotting. But even in the begots, there's revelation. There's deep revelation. I was doing some studies on the genealogies of Jesus. And I tell you, when it slapped me in the face, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Sometimes we just got to go a little deeper. I said it the other day when I was emceeing. You just got to stay a little longer because God has a word for each and every one of us. There's circumstances and situations and people don't wait long enough to see what God is actually saying to move out. We're doing our own thing. Okay, God, you ain't going to fix it. I'll fix it. Bye. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It never works. So when Moses says, God, who should I send? He's actually saying to God, I'm scared and I don't actually want to know what to do. So I'm just going to find another excuse as to why I can't go to the children of Israel. And God just says, you know what? He shuts it down. You can't really say much else to I am who I am. (laughs) Anyone else got an answer? I'll wait. God, who who should I say sent me? I am who I am. Now go. That's the end of the conversation. I can actually remember. Could you imagine? I am who I am. Go. I wouldn't argue with that. Okay. So here we are. I've just rambled and Stu probably done exactly what Stu told me not to do. Here's this. Listen. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our testimony. And many people have described the testimony of God doing something for us. In this situation, God did this. In this situation, God did this. In this situation, God did this. But I want to change our perspective. In this situation, God revealed himself as this. Because when you have a testimony, that part of God never leaves you. That's what I said. When you've been healed by God, you know God as the healer. Oh, you trust me, you got faith to pray for everything because you're like, God healed me. So I, I know for a fact that no one can tell me that God is not the healer. God has redeemed me. So I know for a fact that there is no sin. There is nothing that is too great for God to redeem you even in this room today. And I know that there are people that may not necessarily know the Jesus that I know or may not know Jesus at all. But I'm telling you here today, if you would just say yes. He will redeem you from here all the way to over there. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. You may have done so many different things. You may have said yes to Jesus and then gone your own way. Do you know what? He will redeem. I can promise you he's the redeeming God. Shall I tell a story? God is provider. The people that want money are like, yeah, amen. (laughs) 
God's provider. When I, when I stepped into ministry, I was working in Tesco. Many people know this story. I was working in Tesco. I was in a position that I had worked nine years. Now, bear in mind, nine years is a long time, right? Worked nine years, worked my way up from the ground. I was homeless when I got this job in Tesco, in Pinner, up the road. Nine years, I become a store manager in a Tesco store, and in two weeks, I hated it. Can you imagine working for nine years and then in two weeks you hated something because God shifted my heart immediately and my passion to lead worship and to be a worship leader. I don't know what happened. I went to an Israel Houghton concert. It just ignited. But God shifted my heart. Some of us are so comfortable, still in the place, wondering, God, what happened? Because God has shifted your desires, but you're too scared to move. Now I'm going to explain to you what happened. While I was in this situation, I was in turmoil. I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this job anymore. I want to worship you for a living. For three months, I was just crying out to God. And then I heard the Lord say, do you value the money or do you value me? Now, people said, come on. Listen, when you hear these questions, I just want to... It's, it's probably good to just think about it before you answer straight away. I remember one time, God was, I was just walking. God said to me, do you trust me? I just carried like I didn't like I didn't hear anything I was like mm, no because you 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 know those ones when you're like God yes I trust you yes I will jump off that bridge he never has ever told me to jump off a bridge but I'm just using an example anyway so I'm like do I value the money now I was doing all right I was in a studio flat I was just getting on with life but for me to give up any more money would mean I had to downsize from a studio flat. How do you downsize from a studio flat? Don't worry, I'll wait. So the reality is, I'm in this position now where I'm like, okay, I need to, I, I want to serve God, but I know that this is going to put me in a situation where I don't really know where this goes. But I gave up that money. Because you want to know what? God gave me a scripture. It's, um, Samuel 69, I think it is. But it says, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at your heart. There's not one piece of worldly something, something. And I love I like nice trainers. I like clothes and all of this good stuff here. But God is not looking at what I'm wearing right now. God is looking at my heart. And when I heard that, I was like, you know what? I know that my God is with me. I gave up that money. I stepped into full-time ministry. I gave up 15,000 pounds a year. And God was able to show me that he is provider. It all started from just small things. I had no money for lunch. I was hungry. I'm leading worship in the morning and my stomach is singing louder than I am. I'm like, you're worthy, you're worthy. And then one auntie would just come to me. She'd be like, I felt like the Lord said to give you this. Five pounds. You will never see how I go and weep in the toilet over five pounds. Five pounds is a lot of money when you've got no money to eat. But God was providing. He was trying to show me. Do you see the thing is, this is it. We always miss the small things. We miss the small miracles and this is why we never see big ones. The small miracle in that moment, I needed to eat and God gave me five pounds. I didn't need anything more. I didn't need anything less. I needed to eat. So God gave me money to eat. As time progressed, things started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is what I know. I left my previous church. I came here. And I'm going to need to wind down. And 
the first year that I came here was, was I mean, many know, it was, 2018 was the worst year of my life. You see, COVID, COVID was a holiday for me. Because 2018, I lost my job. I was engaged. I broke up with my fiance. I was homeless. And, yeah, I left my church family, everything. Obviously, when God strips you to absolutely nothing, to you, you will see that you need to depend on him. That's the year I was stripped to the point that I had absolutely nothing left. All I could do was cry out to God. And I mean literally cry. But there was a moment where one of my friends, she, she, she was struggling for rent. She was crying out to God all day. And someone posted in her letterbox um, uh, uh, with a card. And it said, from your heavenly father. And there was 600 pounds in the thing. Now for me, I was like, if he can do it for you, he can do it for me. And so when I saw this, I was like, Lord, listen, I've seen testimonies. People give me 30 pounds here, 20 pounds here, 50 pounds there. But I said, I want to see a 600 pound miracle. And I put the demand on God's lap because you know what? God likes when we ask. And there's times when you just got to be really bold. God said that if we as wicked men can give good gifts to our children, what more the father? So sometimes it's like, stop going and pray and just tell him who he is. And he will do what he said he's going to do. Anyway, comes in. I was at David's tent. Some guy comes up to me. I didn't really know him, but we like, we'd seen each other around. And he was like, oh, so how's things going, etc. this, that, and the other. So I'm like, yeah, good, etc. He's like, oh, give me your bank details after some exchange. So I gave him my bank details and then... We left David's tent, and then after two weeks, I hadn't received anything, so I just thought he forgot about me. And then he messaged me, and he was like, hey, could you check your bank account? Because God told me to give you a specific amount. This is the first installment. Okay, so when I opened my bank account, there was £100 in there. I was like, oh, you know, not bad, God. You know, you've done your thing. Now, this has happened to me twice. The first time um, I was with Jacob, this is another story. I was with my son Jacob. He was two years old at the time. He was playing with some physical money on the side of my, of my desk. And this was all that we had for the, for the weekend. So I was looking to get some bread and some stuff so that I could feed my child. Anyway, two seconds later, I look like this and I look back, the money is gone. I'm saying to Jacob, Jacob, where is the money? He's two, so where is he telling me it's gone? All right? So I'm like, where's the money? Lord, what's going on? I need to do Lord, Lord, Lord. All right, here is. Dwayne, check your back account. Now... It's not really sound like that, but it just sounds, sounds better like to do God's voice like that. <laughs> so he's like, check your bank account. I'm like, there's nothing in there, man. You know, me and God have a very personal relationship, and this is how we talk sometimes. Now, sometimes he puts me in my place. Who are you talking to, Dwayne? And I'm like, okay, cool. So I check my bank account. I promise you the exact amount that I lost in physical money was in my bank account. £5.67 exactly. When I moved out of that place, I was looking for the five pounds, thinking, oh, I might just get a... It was gone. Missing. The same thing happened. I heard the Lord. I was sitting down with my flatmates. Dwayne, check your bank account. Lord, there ain't nothing in there. It's in the minus. Don't even bother trying to get me excited today. <laughs> Dwayne, I told you, you better check that bank account. Now, he speaks to me in a way that I understand. That was, a, that was the warning. I'm going to go and open. So I opened my bank account. 500 pounds the guy didn't even tell me he put it in there he just put it in there and that was the end a total of 600 pounds nobody can tell me that god is not my provider 
He can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or even imagine. If you need healing in this place, he's the healer. If you need salvation in the place, he is the God of salvation. If you need a miracle in this place, he's the God of the miracles. We need to lean on our own understanding and trust in the Lord. When Moses goes to the Lord, I was going to read the whole passage, but it actually, I'll, see, I'll show you here. Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, sorry, this is Exodus 3, was tending Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to the Herob, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now, I will now turn aside and see the great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside, he looked, he looked, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And, the, and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look upon the Lord. And here's where we're going to land. Some of us are afraid to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. We're in New Covenant now, so it's slightly different. But here's my heart. When Moses says to God, who should I say to the people of Israel has sent me? It came from a place of fear. He was trying to hide. And some of us have got circumstances, situations, things going on, need a healing. And you need to be asking God right now, who's the I am that I need today? Who do I tell this sickness has sent me? Who do I tell that circumstance has sent me? Who do I tell my finances has sent me? Is it God the provider? Is it Jehovah Jireh today that you need? Is it God the Alpha, the Omega? He knows the beginning from the end. He knows the plans and purposes. He has good plans for everybody in this place. Who is the God that I need? And then some of us were in this place. You don't really have a need, but you just need to go deeper. Some of us need to know God in a specific way before we need God in a specific way. And then the final thing was this, and I, I, I just wouldn't feel right if I didn't do this. Could we all just stand and maybe some keys, pads, whatever. I mentioned earlier that there are people that may be not walking with God right now. Maybe you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe you knew him or you gave your life and you walked away. Maybe there was something that shook you and Jesus no longer became the priority. If God was real, then why did this happen? I just felt specifically before we call people for ministry that if there's anybody that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and personal Savior and wanted to recommit or wanted to just commit their lives to the one true living God, I'm telling you, he's a real God. You can't tell me he's not real. We can argue about the Bible all day, but my God, he's personal. He walks with you. 
That's the way that he designed it in the garden to walk. If you would like to walk with God again or for the first time, I'm just going to say everybody close their eyes. But could you just raise your hand? If you want to recommit your life to God, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand high. No ashamed. There's no shame attached. We're just going to say a prayer. It's as simple as that. The Bible says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that for those who believe, believe, shall not perish but have everlasting life. So if we could say this prayer together, Father God, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you. We thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross for my sin. We acknowledge we have sinned against you. And today, we choose to repent. Jesus, Lord of salvation, would you come into my heart? Would you lead me? Would you guide me? And would you live in me? We receive your forgiveness. And for this day forth, declare that you are Lord and Savior of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, if you are in that camp where you need to know another side of God, or you just need to know the God for the circumstance or the situation, would you come forward? Because we just want to pray for you guys. This is, this, is, this is what it's all about. God is a transform, transforming God, and he transforms lives. Whatever the circumstance, whatever the situation, we've got some space here. When people are ministry team, Some people may need I am as a healer. If you've got sickness in your body, here's the space. You come to the altar to receive. Some of us may have financial struggles. I even felt, even as I was preparing for this, that some people were struggling in their workplace with their boss and that they didn't know how to handle the situation. And I felt like you needed to know that I am of patience. Some of us are just looking for direction. Some of us are trying to gain understanding on the situation. Some of us have got trauma from the past. There is absolutely nothing that God doesn't have an answer for. And so I would hate for you to waste this opportunity and this moment because God has come to meet you here. I've spoken about this before. Some of us are just busy. Our minds need to be freed from the bondage of Satan's yoke or busyness.
if you prayed the prayer for the first time, could you also just come and see me after the service? Because I just want to make sure that we, we, we pray properly. Um, but yeah, I'm going to hand back over to Stu. So good. For everyone, I just ask you to just shut your eyes right now. And Father, would you release the need and the desire from our hearts? And would you meet with revelatory power the need and the desire of every person's heart? And if you didn't feel like coming forward, but felt as Dwayne and I are preparing for today, that there's, there's people who have a need, but then as Dwayne said earlier, it's good to get to know the healer before you need the healer. It's good to get to know the provider before you need the provision. And I just felt there's a, there's a desire in your heart. I'd love to know him as the shepherd. I'd love to know him as the king. I'd love to know him as the master of it all. I'd love to know him as the bridegroom. I'd love to know him as the husband. I'd love to know him as a father. Whatever it is that you have need for, but also desire, just reach out to him now. And in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we just release an impartation of his revelation to you. And we just ask God that you would just be moving up and down the room, that you would be releasing this revelation in Jesus' precious name.